0: We present the News Quiz with your host, Sandy Toxvig.
1: Hello and welcome to the News Quiz. We start with a cutting from the Sheffield Weekly Gazette, read by Harriet Cass.
0: The decision to shut Ringing Low Fire Station has angered many, including the 6,900 residents who singed a petition against the closure.
1: (laughs) And our thanks to Peter Oxley for sending that in. Now, let's meet the teams. Will you welcome first on my right, Francis Ween and Andy Zaltzman <laughs> And opposite them on my left, Mark Steele and Sarah Kendall. Right, my lovely Francis, let's start with you. Why is there just not enough porridge to go around?
2: Is this the prisons? It is the prisons. Well, there we are. That's the answer to the question. Two points. Two points. Um, it's some, um, uh, they're full to bursting. And John Reid has decided the way around this is to bribe foreign prisoners to get out early. They give them two and a half thousand quid if they'll agree to leave prison now <laughs> which sounds like a good
1: deal. Well, they, they also, I mean, they get flown home, but they do get a free in flight movie and a packet of cashew nuts. I think it's, a, it's quite a good deal.
3: So the prisons aren't just at bursting point. Uh, this morning, HMP Ashwell in Hertfordshire actually burst, and bits of it rained down on the A421 just outside Biggleswide. So Drive carefully for any area.
1: <laughs> That's really an open prison. I, I like the idea of that. Exactly
4: how full is full, though? How many places is officially full?
1: Well, apparently there were only 125 empty cells available in Britain's prisons last week week. Right. But fortunately, the BBC Symphony Orchestra cancelled the bank job they were going to do. So...
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, they tried stacking the prisoners horizontally.
1: For some people, that's why they go to prison. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, it's a terrible apparent. The prison population has
1: reached a record 79,843 at the weekend. And John Reed has announced a string of emergency measures. And apparently at Ford Open Prison, it's become so critical the overcrowding that sometimes there are three or even four prisoners to a jacuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, which nuclear family is not really celebrating a new arrival?
3: Well, this would be the world's nuclear family, and not especially pleased that North Korea appears to have turned up like an uninvited relative demanding Christmas dinner. Um, (laughs) So North Korea have tested their nuclear bomb, and they're not just tested, uh, they're testing all kinds of bombs that we've already got in the West, Uh, not just the nuclear bomb, they've also tested the pensions time bomb. um, (laughs) And um, the French have also been testing their pensions time bomb, as a result of which there are now atolls in the South Pacific, populated by nothing but grannies.
5: (laughs) Apparently, in America, they said it was such a small nuclear bomb that they weren't even sure it was actually a nuclear bomb. It's the same that happens with mobile phones and televisions and things like that. Is that now they're mass produced, they're coming down in price, they're getting smaller. So they're accessible to more and more people, I suppose. That's what'll happen. Soon we'd we'll all have little individual ones, and people will have ones with all different cases and stuff, and kids will have them and be chucking them at each other, and you'd have a little mushroom cloud on the table. <laughs>
2: They thought it might have been a conventional explosion. I've actually been to North Korea, and a conventional explosion in North Korea basically means too much of the pickled cabbage, because uh, (laughs) (laughs) the the staple diet is this disgusting stuff called kimchi, which is fermented cabbage.
1: So so maybe it wasn't a nuclear bomb at all. It was a passing of wind by an entire nation, (laughs) by chance at the same time.
2: Mainly by little Kim Jong-il, actually, the ruler. When I was in Pyongyang... They just opened this golf course for senior party officials and there's this clerk there saying that Kim Jong il, who'd never held a golf club in his life before, went round in I think thirty five, getting twelve <laughs> holes in one, the first time he'd ever played the game. And the whole country's like that. Every, no, everything but he touches yeah, is yeah, magic.
1: Apparently they believe that he makes the trees blossom and the snow melt. I mean, oh yes,
2: and the sea slugs <laughs> break into a break dance on his birthday. <laughs> Well, late at night, after a few beers, you can get them singing, Kim Jong-il, Kim Jong-il, he got North Korea in his daddy's will.
1: (laughs) Well, apparently, world reaction to the explosion has been very swift. Japan has imposed trade sanctions. President Bush has urgently called for a map to show him where Korea is. (laughs) And France has surrendered. Um, (laughs) Two points to Andy. Sarah, why will we soon be literally rolling up for free vegetables?
4: Oh, uh, this is uh, the story. It's very exciting. Britain is officially the fattest nation in Europe. Woo! Yes! Number one! <laughs> Come on! uh, Win is a win. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I don't mean to rub it in Europe's face, but uh, we're also top for teenage pregnancies. Come on! That's
1: fantastic.
4: You think with all those folds of fat, the two teenagers wouldn't be able to get it together, but that's...
1: Apparently not. (laughs) Apparently
5: not. But isn't the government saying that they're going to issue these sort of guidelines to teach youngsters... How to eat fruit. Yes. Which shows how out of touch they are. They think, oh, the reason that uh, youngsters don't eat fruit is because they don't know how to eat fruit. It's because they don't bloody like fruit, isn't it? They're not sitting there thinking, oh, I've got this apple, Dad, but I just can't work out how to get it from my hand to my digestive system.
1: (laughs) I've tried poking it in my ear with a knitting needle. How do you do it? That's absolutely true. The public health minister, Caroline Flint, she suggested that supermarkets, and this is her words, not mine, mount display. That take the mystery out of eating a banana. The mystery
4: <laughs> Oh it's a <your> skin! <laughs> I love how with you know when they have articles like this in the paper, they always have accompanying articles. They went through and listed what different cabinet members had in their diet. When they came down to Patricia Hewitt, her spokesperson said, Patricia eats more than uh, five pieces a day, and her bowel movements are very, very regular. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like she
3: might be about to launch a leadership bid, because I think there's nothing the British voter wants more than a Prime Minister who is regular.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, someone to come in and say, Who's been a good Prime Minister?
4: (laughs) (laughs) There was also, I think there was a, uh, so there was this checklist, and it was how, I think the title of it was something like a, Hard to tell if you're obese. (laughs) Are all the chairs in your house kindling? (laughs) Do you you have your own postcode? (laughs) Uh, Well,
1: apparently vouchers for free milk, fruit, vegetables and vitamins are to be handed out to pregnant women, and parents of young children, after a report by the Department of Health, found that Britain, yes, is now the fattest country in Europe. Obesity rates apparently are higher in the North, and scientists believe this could be down to our water. In the south, water companies add fluoride to drinking water, whereas in the north they add butter. <laughs> Two points to Sarah. Mark, whose party tapes weren't music to his colleagues' ears?
5: Oh, right, this will be uh, Blunkett, who has been, um, been quite a prima donna, isn't he, Blunkett, because he's um, almost like a star that used to be on the television, and now he's not anymore, and he thinks he's been going to his publicist. How can I get... Back in the public eye somehow, you know, well, a West End show's probably out of the question, I'll uh, I'll no no some diaries. And um, uh, and they've been in the Daily Mail as well. And know? the Guardian. Yeah. <laughs> and he's been calling all his sort of ex-colleagues various names again. And Basically, it says all his colleagues were useless. Except
2: Blair, actually. Blair was rather nice to him. They did a lot of hugging, apparently, he and Blair. And Blair then gave him his job back. On medical grounds, because Blair was a bit worried that Blunkett appeared to have gone off the rails after resigning. And he said, would it be therapeutic if I put you back in the Cabinet? I, mean, I wonder if the National Institute for Clinical Excellence will make this available on the NHS.
6: <laughs> Special
2: treatment, uh, if you're feeling a bit down, you can take over the job as Minister for Work and pensions. Bring it to census. you to your senses. Or you could did, replace he... Patricia Hewitt with her regular motions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but that's what they mean by Commons motion. I've just understood it. Um... LAUGHTER uh, but yes, indeed, all this week, the Guardian and the Daily Mail have been serialising extracts from the Blunkett tapes, the, uh, the former Home Secretary and International Playboys diaries. It's an odd thing, because he had made lots of critical remarks about his cabinet colleagues earlier uh, to his biographer, Stephen Pollard, a decision that he later called the biggest mistake of my years in politics, alongside, presumably, uh, ID cards, eroding civil liberties, trying to muzzle the judiciary, and shagging that woman from the spectator. Um, LAUGHTER Quick supplementary, who also admitted that politics has made him spin out of control?
2: As to Campbell.
1: As Campbell?
2: As was Blunkett, the country is run by people off their head. I mean, <laughs> they're, they're all having breakdowns of one kind or another. All...
3: The reason Blunkett got so depressed, though, was because he made the mistake of playing Kim Jong Il at snooker.
6: <laughs> I just think Every just single
3: think frame at 300 break.
2: <laughs> they need. All these, all these Blankets and Campbell's, they just need someone to take them aside and pretend loving. I just wonder if Madonna
5: couldn't adopt some of them. <laughs> What if Kim Jong-il is just a fantastic sportsman?
3: (laughs) He's never done it in a competitive situation, has he? It's all very well doing it in practice. Not with with the United Nations monitors present, no.
1: (laughs) All right. at the end of round one, with uh, lots of supplementaries there, Mark and Sarah have got four, but Francis and Andy have swept into the lead with six. start round two with a cutting from the BBC website.
0: Researchers at Harvard have discovered that sewer gas, hydrogen sulfide, may help to reduce heart rate and respiratory rate in critically ill patients. The chief researcher into the effects of the gas, which smells like rotten eggs, is Dr. Fumito Ichinuzi. (laughs) And thanks to Mike Foster for spotting that. Francis,
1: have a listen to this. got nothing to do with anything. We just wanted to play. Your <laughs> <laughs> Francis, so why would one in five of us rather be un in cinq? Well, there's a survey, and
2: uh, it claims to have found that one in five people in Britain wish they were French. They don't just want to go and live in France, they actually want to be French. I think specifically um, members of the English football team, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Because Thierry Henry is responsible for mm. most of this. Yeah. Uh, essentially, what it, we want to be Thierry Henry, or possibly Jane Birkin, but are um, we not going to get a question about the England football match this week?
1: You no, on the grounds I don't care. Oh, it's exactly. <laughs> so... Oh, but if you don't care, then you should have seen it, because it was
5: hilarious. Oh, was it? It was the most fantastic comedy goal ever. It was genius. In t- 20, 30 years, they'll be sort of doing 100 top comedy moments, and that'll come just <laughs> after uh, Del Boy falling through the... <laughs> Good. That's
6: why, it was that's fantastic,
5: why... and of course, inevitably, there's all sort of complaints. It was a divot, the Croatian cheating. They've probably got all landmines left over from their bloody civil war, and so they've <laughs> carved them up, and they've put little tiny ones under the ground, and they've got remote-controlled divot explosions to make the ball bobble over our great English goalkeeper's foot, so we should be awarded the whole World Cup and everything. <laughs>
1: It doesn't bode well for the Olympics, though, does it? For the 2012. What are we going to be good at? But nothing will be ready, though, for the Olympics because we we can't even
5: get things ready, can we? It'll be—it's already a year behind, and it's only a year since we've been awarded it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm only sorry we're not doing a question on football about French. Um, one in five of us wants to be French. Now there's five of us on the panel. Who is it? Come on, it's not me.
3: I, me. It's you, is it? Yeah.
1: Don't put your hand up. It's radio.
3: <laughs> I, was, I was trying to get a whoosh past the microphone. <laughs> but I want to be French just for the shrug. I think uh, the Gallic shrugs better than the British.
1: <laughs> it's that when a woman shrugs in Britain looks like her bras uncomfortable. <laughs> strangely. I used to complain to my dad about learning French in school, and he said to me, yes, very annoying language. He said, cheval means horse, and it's like that all the way through. They have a different word for each one of ours. It's very irritating.
5: There's a a very important rule to learning French, which is that you don't pronounce the last eight-ninths of the word. (laughs) So say you've got a word that's B E A I L L O E T A C E R E M E N T E S E the correct pronunciation will be. <laughs>
1: Well, apparently a survey by the French wine industry, which is quite telling, has revealed that one in five Britons would like to move to France or wish that they had been born there in the first place. So that was uh, two points of Francis. Andy, why is living in sin likely to become a right and not a wrong?
3: Uh, well, this is proposals to give cohabiting couples the legal rights along the lines of married couples, provoking riots of celebration across the land mm as uh, 98% of all weddings have been cancelled. The only reason people get married is to have those legal rights uh, and some snacks. Um, so marriage is pretty much dead now. It's rather exciting from my point of view, because it now means that
2: married heterosexuals have some legal rights. Gay people who've had a civil partnership have legal rights. So it's only cohabiting heterosexuals, as far as I can see, or non-civil partnership people. who. Um, uh, and you know, I live in sin, as the Church of England put it I mean, I've been living in the same person since the fall of the Atlee government pretty well. And now, in my dotage, I discover I'm a, an outlaw, a dangerous outlaw. It's terrifically exciting. I hope we don't get any legal rights. I feel like rebel without a marriage certificate.
1: <laughs> How do you determine the moment when you're cohabiting with somebody? Is it the moment when she turns and says, are you wearing that? Is that I mean, what, I just want to... Buy. Oh. He turned to me and he said, who's put this CD in non-alphabetical order? And I knew then... <laughs> I think that's unfair. That
5: particular little gripe against—I mean, I'm all for most gripes against men, but um, we know there's that, that one sort of way in checking whether someone's anal is if they keep all their records in alphabetical order. I mean, that, surely that depends on how many records you've got, doesn't it? If you've just got two records <laughs> and you're forever going backwards and forwards, going all but a check, abba, z z top, no, it's all right. <laughs> I've got a room full of records. I keep them in alphabetical order so I can check which one is where so I know how to go and get one. But apparently it turns out I've got a problem with the arse. How is that?
1: <laughs> it's clearly a boy thing, darling. It's, I've got, well, no, not I've if got you've got a room
5: full of records. How do you find the one? It means you're going to take
4: hours and hours. Do it by genre. Well. Uh... Does anyone yes. else do it by genre? I, I have mine categorised by genre But I've then been... what
5: about within the genre? Well, well, say you've got 300 reggae I'm records I'm sorry,
4: it's a boy thing A woman
1: goes, darling, go and get me that CD I'm looking for
3: Does <laughs> the same principle apply to books as well That you shouldn't keep books in alphabetical order? Well, not if you're a... a
1: librarian, obviously yeah. <laughs>
3: I was going to say, there'll be a lot of librarians feeling a, a bit guilty tonight. Yeah. On uh,
5: if you're cohabiting and your partner wishes to use one of the books, you should make them fill out a form and then give them a <laughs> ticket. Uh,
1: reforms to give legal rights to cohabiting couples look likely to win ministers' backing after research by the Department for Constitutional Affairs found that unmarried couples suffer severe financial hardship if they separate. But the cohabiting sounds like two nuns sharing the one outfit. Um, <laughs> Sarah, why
4: has a made-up interview got Italian MPs sweating? The MPs were leaving uh, Parliament, and uh, they were stopped by a camera crew, and they were asked questions. And the makeup girl kept on sort of wiping their foreheads, and it turned out the whole uh, interview was completely bogus, and that she was actually taking a it was a drugs swipe, and uh, a huge number of them tested positive for. Uh, <laughs> Cannabis and cocaine and ferret dirt. I mean, can you imagine if if Tony Blair was on cocaine? I mean, he'd be arrogant. (laughs) (laughs) He wouldn't listen to anyone. (laughs) He'd have delusions of grandeur. (laughs) Just imagine John
2: Prescott getting the munchies.
3: (laughs) (laughs) There was an Italian politician called Italo Bocchino. He said the programme makers should be, quote, severely punished for being in illegal possession of the DNA of 50 parliamentarians. <laughs> Which I think is probably a sentence that's never been said before. <laughs> I don't know quite what he's worried about, is if they're going to some, somehow construct the genetically perfect politician.
1: Apparently, they did an analysis of the. Uh, is it the River Po? Is it not the Po in Italy? Yeah. And they found that there's four kilos of cocaine washed into the Adriatic every single day, and it has a huge impact on health. And the nutritionists have been saying that, you know, sardines that come out of this river have got to be cooked really thoroughly, or they'll never stop talking. Uh... LAUGHTER my fa- one of my favourite shops
5: is Drug Addle, this brilliant record shop in Brixton. And it's so amazingly slow. And one day I went in there and there was another bloke in front of me. And I thought, oh, this is going to take a while. But, you know, all right, I'll, I'll sort of get into their, their time frame. And the, the bloke in front sort of asked for a record that was just up at the top of the wall. And the bloke had to climb up this step ladder. And he went sort of one step and had stopped for about two minutes. And I've waited and waited, and then eventually he got about three steps up. It was only just here, and he just went, me can't reach.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But you're not suggesting anyone in that shop allegedly is taking any kind of substance that would make them slower than they might normally be on an average day? Who knows?
5: I didn't (laughs) dab (laughs) his forehead.
1: It's a satirical television show in Italy called The Hyenas or Le Le yene. Le yene. Uh, it's a sort of cross between investigative journalism and comedy. It's a bit like Panorama at the moment. And, um, in a way, the show's been scrapped um, because uh, they plan to reveal that of 50 MPs interviewed, a third tested positive for cocaine or cannabis use when sweat mopped from their brow by a makeup assistant was uh, analysed. Apparently, 90% of all banknotes are contaminated with cocaine, which explains why the Queen has that particular smile on her face. (laughs) Uh, And at the end of that round, Mark and Sarah have got eight, but Frances and Andy are still in the lead with ten. (laughs) Before we start round three, here is a cutting from the Daily Mail.
0: The kind folk of Martha Clare Vineyard, Riverhead, New York, are hosting a dinner dance fundraiser for the Alzheimer's Association of Long Island. The event is called A Night to Remember. (laughs)
1: And our thanks to Christopher Brooks, who sent that in. Andy, why could it soon be chips with everything at your local supermarket?
3: Well, this is the intriguing possibility that supermarkets will soon be able to put a microchip in your body to enable you to check your food out more quickly. To me, this is not the most productive use of modern technology. (laughs) But it's a similar technology to chips used in cattle and sheep to enable consumers to trace their food from farm to plate. Have any of you ever taken advantage of that <laughs> possibility? <laughs> I guess we'd like to have a backstory with our food. There's um, a farm in Kent, I believe, where you have your steak from the very moment of birth on a webcam and you can follow it all the way through <laughs> its young life. Just don't do the veal option because the lighting's very bad. <laughs>
1: In your arms, that's where they're going to put it. Yeah, but well, it cuts so, down on yeah.
2: credit card fraud and identity theft and things if it's in your arm. But actually, it just goes to drive by amputations every time you stop at the cash machine. Actually, so,
1: apparently, um, one of the things about having an implant in your arm is to stop muggings. And I thought, but what about me? I'm small enough to put it in somebody's pocket. I mean, it's just, <laughs> just, just people swiping me along. <laughs> slightly worrying. According to a new survey, 1 in 20 adults would be willing to have a microchip implanted in their body to help pay shopping bills at checkouts. And what it means is basically in the future we won't have to carry uh, money around with us. And a lot of this work is thanks to extensive groundbreaking tests by the Queen. (laughs) Actually, there was another story about uh, things getting under your skin. It's a supplementary question about whether you boys are sitting comfortably. Why might fellows consider silicone implants? Oh,
2: it's a, a new contraceptive method. Mm. Um, you make a... Well, you don't. Somebody makes a hole in the scrotum.
1: Obviously, it's not me. And, you then, um, <laughs>
2: uh, and then you put a silicone gel bung in it or something, and it stops the scrotum doing its stuff. Yes,
1: absolutely. And it's a
2: reversible vasectomy.
1: It's an alternative to a vasectomy. And
2: also, but you can get cash back with it if you go to (laughs) (laughs) Tesco. It's
1: it's true. American scientists have developed an alternative to the vasectomy. It's a silicon plug that is inserted into the tube that sperm travel along. I have to be completely honest and say I didn't know that sperm traveled by tube. Um, (laughs) So an extra point there to Francis. Sarah, who canna get enough of the quiet life?
4: That is the, the National Trust inundated with people who are interested. They had two cottages on an island called Canna in the Hebrides. And the reason why people are very interested, it's a very t- sort of small, tightly knit community. Like, there's only 15 people on the island and the, the school's only got one pupil. I imagine it would be hell for that kid to actually try to mark up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who threw that? <laughs>
6: oh,
5: what about the register? <laughs> you know,
1: Simpson? The register. Anyone know where Simpson is?
6: <laughs>
1: Imagine how boring sports day must be. <laughs> how do they breed? Uh, it's exactly the same as everybody else. It's just, um, they get on the tube. Yeah. <laughs> The Hebrides are fantastic, but they're, they're tiny, and there's no electricity, and they don't have television, they don't have radio. In fact, I remember when I went, it was about ten years ago, they were shocked uh, that we brought the news that Simon and Garfunkel had split up. It was... Um... <laughs> It's a This
2: is a Scottish version of North Korea without the bombs. It is,
1: The tiny Hebridean island of Cana has been inundated with applicants after it advertised for new residents to boost its dwindling population. The islanders, in case anybody's interested, mostly make their living farming, digging escape tunnels to the mainland <laughs> and crofting. I have no idea what that is. I think it's the Scottish equivalent of cottaging. <laughs> Mark, can I just say how young you're looking today? You know, why could the days of office birthday cards be numbered?
5: It's that um, it may be illegal to send people cards on their birthday in the office that are jokey cards about how old they are. Ageist. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, it's just because under the new law, you can't draw attention to differences in age, which is quite of the very existence of birthdays. To slightly draw attention to the fact that we're all getting older. LAUGHTER um, it's an annual reminder that we're not getting any younger. But anyway, there's some insurance company in Bournemouth, isn't it? I, I can see why Bournemouth might be a sensitive subject in those part. Of- they are still going to allow them to have office birthday cakes, even though they won't have office birthday cards. So you can still write, happy birthday, coffin dodger, or something like that. Yeah.
5: <laughs> but are you not allowed to sort of have a specific number of candles? You just have to, or do all the candles just have to spell a question mark or something
1: like <laughs> Well, there's, I mean, there's an incredible number of discrimination laws now. I mean, the potential for getting it wrong, and, you know, for the boss's birthday, you book a stripper that comes out of a cake shaped like a turban dressed as death. I mean, it could just be this.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe they all cancel each other out. It's an insurance broker in Dorset uh, called Alan and Thomas, and they have banned employees sending each other birthday cards in case jokes about the recipient's age break new discrimination laws. Uh, since the new laws came in, sales of age-related birthday cards have fallen, although sales of cards saying, sorry to hear you've broken human rights legislation, have gone through the roof. <laughs> uh, before we reveal the final scores, let's hear the cuttings that the teams have brought along. Francis.
2: This has been sent in by, I think, Alan and Helen Carter, who live in Lincolnshire, it's from the Boston Target Improvements on the train line could be just the ticket for passengers in Boston. Central trains will cut 112 miles off a round trip from Skegness to Crew by no longer starting or terminating at Crewe, but at Nottingham instead.
1: Andy.
3: This cutting is from Barney Scott. I don't know if it's the same Barney Scott that invented the remote-control pheasant. <laughs> <laughs> could be a different one. Anyway, it's an excerpt from the Iraq Coalition Provisional Authority weekly reports webpage, which read, for security reasons, there are no security reports.
4: (laughs) Sarah. This one is uh, from the Daily Telegraph. Stressed Chinese can unleash pent-up anger at a bar that allows customers to attack staff, smash glasses, and generally make a rumpus. The Rising Sun Anger Release Bar in Nanjing employs 20 muscled young men for customers to punch and scream at. (laughs) Patrons can request waiters to dress up as their boss before beating them up. (laughs) The landlord said that most of his customers were women.
5: (laughs) Mark. Now, this is from Carol Aldcroft. It's from the front page of the 29th of September edition of the Third Sector, a weekly charity sector magazine. One lucky MP will go home from the Labour Party conference with a vibrator this afternoon <laughs> after winning a sexual health quiz organised by the family planning charity, FPA. Delegates visiting the charity stand have been invited to answer ten questions about sexual matters. An identical quiz was held at last week's Liberal Democrat conference, but the prize on that occasion was a box of House of Commons chocolates. <laughs>
1: And with that, let's take a look at the final score. Mark and Sarah have got 14, but this week's winners are Francis and Andy with 15. And before we leave you, here is a headline from Doctor Magazine, spotted by Dr. Tom Heller.
0: Bowel screening cash disappears into black (laughs) hole.
1: And with that, goodbye.
0: Taking part in the musicals were Francis and Andrew Soltzman, Sarah Kandall and Mark Steele. In the chair was Sandy Troxford and the were by Andrew Harriet The chair's script was written by Simon Wickerfield, Roger Cooks, and John Finnamore, and the producer was Katie Terrell.